I wonder what your week has looked like this week. If you've been starting to feel a little bit cooped up at home, maybe you've started to feel frustration, anxiety, maybe the fuse is wearing thin and you're starting to say things that you regret. Maybe you're lashing out at the people that you love most around you, or maybe you don't have the people that you love most around you, and you are feeling so, so isolated. If that's you, then this is a message that will speak into that space. As we continue our series called Foundations, when we strip away the church building, when we strip away the religious customs and traditions, when we strip away the man-made elements, what are we left with? Well, we're left with the foundations of Christianity. If you're feeling some of those things that I've listed, or maybe you're searching for a spiritual life, you're looking for spirituality somewhere, then this message is for you. Today, we're talking about the topic of salvation. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, as we look at the idea of what is salvation, I pray that we would take this to heart, that you would speak to us where we are sitting where we are watching this in a way that it would connect with us in a deep and personal way. In Jesus' name, amen. For those of you who know me, I love cars. I love a lot of things. I love God. I love my family. I love music. I love technology and I love, love cars. And the idea of salvation, what is salvation? What is this big Christianese-style word? What, what does it mean? Well, essentially, the word means to be saved. And the reason I talk about cars is that cars are a little bit... I've got a metaphor that's a little bit like what I've done to a car that equals salvation. About five years ago, I was looking for a new project, something to, to work on in the shed... And I found online, very, very cheap, an old 80s Ford boxy-looking Fairlane. It was about done. Its paint was faded. It had oil leaking from everywhere. It had water leaking from the parts that didn't have oil leaking from it. The radiator was cracked. It had bits of garden hose in the engine bay connecting pieces together that didn't belong there. And to top things off, there was something critically wrong with the engine, which made it vibrate quite violently. The engine mounts were shot, the spark plugs were done, and even getting the car home was quite a chore. In short, this car had lived its life. It had battle scars and signs of weathering. It had parts done to the inside that weren't healthy. It had been both loved and neglected. It was neglected in that it hadn't been serviced regularly, but when it started to break down, it was shown love to nurse it back to health, but it had parts put on it that didn't belong there, that weren't going to last. That car was nearing the end of its life. The tachometer stopped functioning at 250,000 kilometres, so after a quarter of a million kilometres, we don't know how many more Ks it did, but it was done. It was destined to be scrapped, pulled away for parts to be sold to a company which would either pull the parts away to sell them or destroy the vehicle. Forever to live the rest of its life without an owner, to be eternally crushed into something that would never resemble what it was designed for. 
Then along comes me and saved the car. I'm pushing the metaphor, but I love the car. There's people here laughing. The four of us that are here in the church at the moment are laughing at me. And and I saved the car. But more than that, I have a vision for this car. And I'm working on the car in my isolation from time to time to create the car into something that I see, something that is greater than itself, to give it a new lease on life. Salvation is much like that. All of us have things that show the battle scars of life. For some of us, there is brokenness that is within us that we have tried to fix, but we've fixed it with bits of garden hose, things that don't belong within us. They're temporary fixes that may make the job work, may make the engine run, may make life seem well and healthy, but they don't belong there. They're not going to last. They're not designed to be there. And because of that, we are destined... We are destined because we are going to stop belonging to anybody and we are going to go to a scrap heap, eternally without an owner. Yet someone saves us and starts the process of restoring us back into an image that they have for us, back into a relationship with the one who put us here in the first place. Salvation, when we look at Scripture starts that the word salvation is first found in the Old Testament. And while the idea of being saved is fairly common in the Old Testament, even as far back as Genesis chapter 3, we see the word salvation is first found in 2 Kings 19.19. Now, Lord our God, deliver us from his hand, God's people are under attack, so that all the kingdoms on earth may know that you alone are God. King Hezekiah in this passage is saying that there is a a physical threat. There is something physical that is endangering us, so much so that we are afraid that we may die. Will you save us? Save us from the physical things that, that are pressing in on us. But salvation is more than just the physical. You see, at the moment, with the coronavirus, they are working really hard on both a vaccine and a cure. If somebody comes up with that, they will save us. And essentially, they could be the saviour of the world. That's great, but we've seen that happen time and time again. We've seen the Spanish flu, we've seen SARS, we've seen different illnesses and diseases over history, the Black Plague, that have come through and and caused huge effects on our world, devastating impacts on people's lives. And they've come up with cures and, and they've come up with strategies to manage this. And yet we still get more and more illnesses in time and throughout history and into the future. So we need a saviour of the world that's more than just the physical, We need a saviour that's also of the spiritual. 1 Thessalonians 1 verse 10 says this, And to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescues us from the coming wrath. From heaven, who raised from the dead. This is more than physical. 
He's conquered death. He's conquered the physical. And we know that when Jesus went to heaven, he sent back his Holy Spirit. And so salvation is more than just the physical. There is a spiritual element. And so I want to ask you, are you aware that in this life that there is a spiritual element? For some of us, we may think, no, if I can't see it, it doesn't exist. But that doesn't quite work because we've all experienced things from time to time that we can't explain. We know that there's times when it may seem like coincidence, but it's more than that. We know that there's been times, and especially those who call themselves Christians, followers of Christ, where we see time and time again, somebody goes, I I can't pray anymore, but somebody else is praying for them. In your weakness, somebody else is made strong. We see that the supernatural take place when healing comes in, and we're not expecting it, yet somebody is, is restored to health. We know that there is a spiritual element in this world. And so the first part of our journey towards salvation is, well, what do we need to be saved from? But what is it that we're saved from? What what is this idea of salvation? I've got a good life. I'm okay. I've got enough toilet paper at home. I've got food in the pantry. I'm okay. What, What do I need to be saved from? Romans chapter 5 speaks into this a little bit. Since we have now been justified, made just by his blood, talking about Jesus Christ, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? God's wrath. That's an interesting part. We're going to hang on to that as we continue. For if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more... Have we been reconciled, restored, that word reconciliation, that reconciled word? Shall we be saved through his life? Not only is it so, but we are also, but we also boast in God through our Jesus, our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have been we have now received reconciliation. You see, the, the heart of this scripture is that God has done everything to restore us back into relationship with him. So what are we being saved from? You see, if we don't have a relationship with God, no no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, there is a judgment that is coming. We see God is a just God. And there will be a time when you and I and everybody here will be judged by God. And God is a just God. There are consequences for our actions. There are consequences for our actions. I remember a number of years ago, uh, my family and Geordie, if you're watching, and I know you're, you're sitting there in our lounge room watching at home. This story's about you, mate. Geordie, our youngest of our, our, our kids, was with us, and we were in Sydney uh, ministering at a church in Epping. Once again, if you're at Epping and you're watching this, a huge shout out to you guys. We love you. We continue to follow you and we've seen you've had some births in the church family there and we're very excited for you as well. And so our family were finishing up what was eight years of incredible ministry at that church and we were doing the, the farewell thing where they get Everybody up on stage and everyone's praying and, and Yvette and I are really emotional. It's the last time we're, we're formally at this church and, and this is our family. Our children have been raised in this church and we love them dearly. 
and we're there and we're, we're upset and we're, we're, we're getting photos and videos and all these things taken. And Geordie is there and he is running amok. He's, we're, we're praying and we're serious and Geordie's just like, yeah, you know, being all silly and, and having fun and working the crowd because Geordie can be shy, but you put him in front of people and he can, he can work the crowd. And he's being all silly and we're trying to, you know, trying to, trying to keep him quiet. But there's consequences for our actions. It was inappropriate behavior. And so, well, in our sadness, as we went to leave the stage for the very last time in that church, I very quietly knelt down beside my little son and said, that was inappropriate behavior, buddy. No screen time when we get home. And with those words, he erupted into tears. The entire congregation, not realizing what I had said, saw Geordie in tears and thought, he's so sad that they're leaving. And the entire church erupted in tears. Sorry if I just ruined that for everybody at Epping. Uh, that he got in trouble. <laughs> it wasn't that he was upset. There's, there's consequences for our actions. What Geordie had done was damaged a relationship. And that needed to be restored. And there was a consequence. He was a child where the parents were, were teaching him what is appropriate and what's not. And he knows that. And he's, a, he's an amazing kid. We love him dearly. And in that moment, there was a judgment that was made and a consequence for that action that was paid so that that relationship would then be restored and we could have that conversation of why it was inappropriate. You see, in life, we have damaged our relationship with God. In Romans 3.23, it says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And if we have been judged and we have messed up, the word sin means we've broken the relationship between us and God. All of us have broken that relationship and fall short of God's glory. And so what is the consequence for that? For Geordie in that moment, it was he didn't get to watch TV when we got home or, or play on the, the iPad or have anything to do with screens for the rest of that day. You see that the consequence for breaking our relationship with God is that the wages of sin in Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death. See, see that's the consequence that the consequence is an eternity, not being what we were designed to be, not being in the relationship that we were designed to have. But that passage in Romans 6 continues, it says, but the gift, a gift is something you haven't earned, a gift is something that is given. The gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ, our Lord. And so in that, we, we understand not only what we need to be saved from, we need to be saved from judgment, but we also start to see that we're being saved by someone. And so who, who saves us? Who is the one who saves us? We see, well, well, that is Jesus. In that Romans passage, it goes on in 1 Timothy 1.15. So here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And Paul, who writes this, goes of whom I am the worst. I don't deserve to be saved. I, don't, I deserve to be judged 
in, in a negative way for the things that I have done. I, have, I deserve, because I have messed up my relationship with God, because I've messed up my relationship with other people, because I have things in my heart and in my gut that I know aren't right, that know that don't belong there. They may be temporary fixes. I, I may be ashamed of them. I may not be feeling right about them, but they're there. And because of them, I know that I am not perfect. I know that I've got issues and problems that are within me. But I, I, Jesus came into the world to save sinners like me. John 3.17 says, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, to judge the world in a bad way, but to save the world through him, him being Jesus Christ. So what does salvation look like? What does salvation look like? If, if we see that, that we're being saved from judgment, if we see that the one who saves us is Jesus Christ, then, then what would salvation look like on a day-to-day basis? What would that mean for, for you and for me to be saved from this judgment? What would that be? What would that mean? You see, in this foundation series, we're stripping away everything. We're stripping away the, the meeting in the building that we love but we can't do that. We're stripping away some of the religious elements. We're stripping away some of the, the things that people have added into what we call religion. What are we left with when it's just us being saved by God? John 8.36 says this, If the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Opposite to, to what sometimes the church appears to be in the media, in the newspapers, in, in the world's perspective, of the, the church is a set of rules that says you can't do this and you can't do that. The church is limiting. You can't have fun. You can't express things differently. It's actually the opposite. Salvation is about freedom. Freedom to be who God has called you to be. John 10.10 says that you should have life and life to the full. Incredible, incredible gift, incredible freedom. What does salvation look like? It's liberation. It's, It's being restored. It's starting the restoration journey of becoming who Jesus designed you to be. A a story that I just heard last night uh, from my dad. I was chatting to dad, and thank you for those that have been praying for for dad. He's recovering really well. And the story said that the dad was um, getting an injection for the pain that he was in. And the nurse the the needle that she had used to give dad the injection with scraped scraped her and because of the the heightened sense of both the coronavirus but any sort of blood transmission transmitted diseases she she had to do the the proper procedures and in comes a doctor who explained to dad who was in a lot of pain at the time that hey this um this nurse has, has scraped herself with a needle, so I actually have to ask some really 
really uh, deep questions, some very personal questions. And in that moment, they started to ask questions of Dad, of his love life, how many partners he's had, the gender of his partners, had he had a partner that he'd paid for at some point in his life, when he get, got home, would there be someone to care for him and of what capacity? And what would that look like? And Dad, an incredible godly man, possibly full of pain and a little bit short in his own fuse, which he admitted last night, in a bit of frustration was able to say to the doctor, hey, I've been married to the same woman, married to her for 45 years, She's the one that will care for me. She's the one that I'll, that I'll be with for the rest of my life. She's the only one I've ever had. And able to have a, an honest conversation in the medical realm, when they're saying medically, if you live what the world would call free, you're actually in trouble. You're actually in danger. The risk of spreading something, if you live in a worldly sense, what they call free is actually negative. When you look at the medical, what's in front of you on the sheet. However, if you live in accordance to the way God has called us to live, a life to the full, a life of freedom, then you see that you are liberated, that you are living a a, a life that is full of love and care and nurture. Now, that's a fresh story, just talking to my dad last night, and just the, 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 the amount of wisdom that God has in his design for us in how we live can't be hidden even in the medical world you can have different opinions and you're free to have those things but when we look at what God has to say we see that you will be free and free indeed when you live in accordance to his plan for us so how do we receive salvation how do you receive this gift How do you receive this gift of of love? How do you receive this gift knowing that, hey, look, maybe some of those things that I listed that the dad had to tick off in that box, maybe I've done some of those things. Like I said, this car project that that I'm fixing up at the moment had garden hose, honest garden hose, gaffer tape, zip ties, holding bits together. I keep pulling off parts and seeing the, the amount of duct tape that was holding this car together realizing that's not where that should be. It's not designed. It's patched together. It's damaged. It's not a long-term fix. It's designed to fail. And maybe you've got some things that you're ashamed of in your life. Maybe you've done some actions. And I want you to know that that's, it is what it is. God loves you the way you are. I fell in love with this car, much to my wife's disgust. Very early in its restoration journey, I could see the potential in it. I'm passionate about this car. And God is even so much more passionate about you in your current state, but also in who he has designed you to be. So how do you accept salvation? Firstly, we've got to acknowledge that there are parts of us that aren't right. It's the same with me, being a Christian all my life. There's still parts of me that I'm continually getting restored between my relationship with me and God. There's parts of me that I've got to can do the hard work and go, God, what part of me do I need to renew? What part do you need to remove from me? 
as painful as that may be. And that's the first part of being saved, is, is understanding that there is something wrong and seeing that there is something better in our relationship with God and our relationship with Jesus Christ. And so we say, God, I am sorry for the things that have damaged our relationship. I want to thank you, God, that you have sent your son, that, that he is the one that restores that relationship. And then finally, we ask God's Holy Spirit to come and dwell within us. And in doing so, knowing that we will never, ever be alone again, we will always have his spirit with us. How do we receive salvation? It's through Jesus Christ. The simple prayer, sorry that I've done the wrong things. Thank you for sending Jesus Christ to take my consequence on the cross. I ask him into my life from this point forwards. If you pray those three simple things, then you have accepted salvation into your life. But just like I accepted that car five years ago, that's not the end. That's actually the beginning. That car, even as much as yesterday, and I've still got grease and oil under my fingernails, is being restored. It started the journey five years ago, but it's still a part of the restoration process, becoming more in the image of who we were designed to be in the eyes of our Creator. How do you access that? Well, I want to encourage you, if you've prayed that prayer, firstly, let your local church know. If you're a part of York Street, please let us know. If you don't have a Bible, we would love to get you a Bible. You can contact the office. We would love to get a Bible into your hands, plus some reading material to show you how to read God's Word. We'd love to connect you into a small group and pray for you. If you're not close to, in proximity to, to here, to Ballarat, then please let us know and we would love to connect you with a local church, someone that can help you on your restoration journey. The restoration journey is called discipleship, becoming a disciple, becoming a follower, becoming more like Jesus Christ. We would love to help you on that journey. Salvation is a gift. It was a gift that was paid with a price. Jesus paid that price on the cross but it was a gift that was given in love for all of the world. This is the Savior that we've been waiting for. This is the Savior of the world, the Savior of our souls, the Savior for all eternity and the foundation of our faith. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that you loved us to the point where you sent your Son to earth to take the consequence of our actions, to take the judgment that was, that was destined for us upon himself. Lord, we pray for those that have received Jesus Christ this morning, that they would have a revelation, that you would reveal yourself to them, that they would have an encounter with the Holy Spirit, that you would show yourself to them in a real and tangible way. Lord, we pray for, for those that have been in faith for a long time that this would be a reminder, a reminder that we are never alone, a reminder that we are saved for an eternity and a reminder that we are continually being restored into the image of the design that our Creator has for us. Lord, this is the foundation of our faith 
And Lord, we thank you that each and every one of us have access to salvation through Jesus Christ. In his name we pray. Amen.